1: words word sucks. 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 They don't.
2: Vinny and Haney, 1057 The Fan. Vinny and Haney, 1057 The Fan, here on this Turn It Up Tuesday. A little Aussie for you. Chosen by the people. You want to level we'll play it? Send a request. Plaza support text line at 410-583-1057. Bob Haney, Vinny Tirado, Nolan McGraw. Other side of the glass. Got the whip coming up in a couple of minutes. Joining us now to talk about the NFL end of the season. Chiefs win it again. Kings of the NFL world. Now the offseason begins for all the teams, including the Ravens and Baltimore. They might have some uh, different faces on their opening roster coming up in September. Here to project a little bit, as much as we can on uh, February 13th from USA Today. It's the Ravens wires on the WGK Law Guest Hotline. He is Kevin Allstriker. Guy, good morning. How you feel?
3: Morning, guys. Yeah, Super Bowl, I didn't I didn't know if it was going to be a good game after that first half, but it turned out to be an all-time classic. We were about two seconds away from a double overtime game in the Super Bowl, which is crazy to think about.
2: Yeah, now You mentioned that first half, eh, a little snooze-worthy. And then fourth quarter, it really started to ramp up and then into the overtime with the drama. But, you know, we've seen Kansas City come through Baltimore. We've seen the Ravens go through... Arrowhead, and we'll be going there next year, which we'll talk about here in a few. But we look at this and whatever dynasty will be defined by in this day and age, not the Yankees winning five straight World Series or Lombardi's Packers, but in the current setup of professional football with caps and free agency and everything that goes along with it, is this what a dynasty now looks like, what the Chiefs are doing here?
3: Yeah, I think you have to say it's at least the start of one. I mean, you get three three rings from Mahomes. He's 28 years old. And at this point, I think with what Tom Brady's Patriots did for that decade plus to have what the Patriots did, and now you have the Chiefs back-to-back, especially in the AFC. It's not like it was split across conferences. It was both in the AFC. So I, I think you have to give respect to the Chiefs in that regard and say at least it's the start of a dynasty and that they are, you know, On the path, the pace is up there with Brady's Patriots. So, to me, with what Mahomes has done, you know, you have to give him his flowers. And especially in this game in particular, just big moment after big moment for him. And we've seen that from Mahomes. We know Mahomes is a big game player. He makes those plays. But... That's what the Chiefs kind of do here, right? They they wait. They hang around a little bit. If they can't get out in front of you, they wait for you to make a mistake or two. San Francisco did that, then they pounced. I mean, Baltimore did was the same thing with them. They pounced on Baltimore, and they made a couple of mistakes. So this was a different Chiefs team. Uh, the offense wasn't as high-powered and, and, I guess, electric as it was in years past when they had – Tyreek Hill and, and all those weapons over there. It was really just Rasheed Rice and Travis Kelsey for them this year. But the defense was incredible. Credit Steve Spagnuolo for that. And they, they got the job done. They, they find different ways to win. And you, you have to give them, you know, all the respect in the world for it.
4: Kevin, I think they're going to be better next year. You know, I, I, you know they've got basically two free agents with Jones and Snead. They got all their coaches back. And Mahomes, like you said, is 28. Rasheed Rice is going to be better, and you know they're going to add a piece or two here or there, so they'll probably fix one of the tackle positions, but I think they'll even be better next year.
3: Yeah, and I think also with how poor that wide receiver group was outside of Rasheed Rice, I wouldn't be shocked if they tried to make a move there, too. I mean, you sign... Somebody at that position, I, they might rework that whole room outside of Richie Rice and bring in a couple of veterans, maybe draft a guy. Mm-hmm. So they 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 have options. And you're right, I think if they can get Chris Jones on the Jerry's knee back in the building, it's it's good. It's the Chiefs until this not at this point, right? Because they've they've been that team for a while now, and they have the potential here to add. And Kelsey said he's coming back. He's looking for the repeat. They're going to get Tooney back and they have Creed Humphrey in that offensive line there. And you're right. Maybe they do fix one. of that. I feel like, you know, maybe it's Donovan Smith. Because I think they signed Taylor to a three-year deal, four-year deal, if I'm not mistaken. So I think he'll stay, but maybe they get a tackle to replace Donovan Smith. And then they have Pacheco. Their, their roster, I think, is a little bit of tinkering here and there. And yeah, I mean, the Chiefs weren't the best team in the NFL in the regular season. They went through a lot of ups and downs and they were trying to work through things, but of course, you know, when, when you're talking about Super Bowl and playoffs, it doesn't matter how good you were in the regular season. If you can turn it on in the playoffs, if you can, if you can find that momentum for three or four games, that's all it takes. And, and, and the Chiefs found it because they had been there before, they had the experience, and, and they, they're the team to beat. They're the team to beat in the entire NFL, and it's going to be that way until someone dethrones them.
4: Kevin, I'm really looking forward to what Eric does. Eric's got a huge, huge off season. This year, because there's so many question marks, especially on the offensive side. That, that's to me. And it starts with the O-line, and it goes to running backs, and it goes to wide receivers. So you, you've got a number of positions that need to be filled offensively.
3: Yeah, I remember us talking about how important last off season was. And obviously it was huge with the Lamar contract mm-hmm. and, and everything that offseason was. But I agree with you. This, this is so massive for him. I mean, I based off what he did last fall season, though. You know, I, if, I, if I'm a, if I'm I'm putting all my trust over there in Eric DaCosta, because really the only miss he had out of all the moves he made essentially was, was Rocky Asun and. Yeah. and didn't really matter all that much because of the other moves he made, like Ronald Darvey and Arthur Millette, and of course Brandon Stevens stepping up, kind of made up for it. So, offensively, as you mentioned there, it is going to be interesting to see what they do with some of these players. Like, would they, could they move on from Patrick Card for a bit of cap savings, or Morgan Moses, or even Ronnie Stanley, who they could designate as a, a post June 1 guy and save, I believe that number $15 million if, if it's post June 1. So they could potentially do that. And then you mentioned the running backs that that's that's the position I'm watching closely this off season, because the room could look very different. JK Dobbins, Gus Edwards, Dalvin Cook, all free agents, obviously Justice Hill is there. So, you know, he's at least going to be a staple from last year, but then Keaton Mitchell with his injury, he'll probably miss some time to start the year. I don't know when he's exactly going to be back with that recovery. I'm not going to put a timeline on it, but, there were rumblings and rumors that, hey, maybe the Ravens wanted a a Derrick Henry at the trade deadline or one of those big, big time running backs. So if they go out there and sign one of those guys, do J.K. Dobbins and Gus Edwards return? That's a question I'm watching for sure.
4: Yeah. The the only concern, you know, the running backs you're talking about, they're all hurt. You know, they're all coming back off of multiple injuries. That's the only thing that concerns me. Hurt guys stay hurt. And when they get older, they get hurt more often. I mean, look at Marlon Humphrey for one.
3: Yeah, And we, we talk about the running back position and just how it's, how it's valued nowadays and the shelf life and the wear and tear those guys take. And for a guy like Derek Henry, who has had a history of, of an injury here and an injury there, that, that is a concern now with those guys I guess you have to account almost. It's almost like we. I remember us talking a couple of years ago about Julio Jones, and it's almost like you have to account for missed games if you sign a guy like Julio Jones because he's been injured for essentially his entire career. And I'm not saying Derrick Henry's injury history is that of a Julio Jones, but he ha- he has had some injuries. So if you sign a Derrick Henry, you have to make sure your depth is really good behind him. And obviously Justice Hill is a start to that. When Keaton Mitchell comes back, obviously that's a start to that as well. But if you got if you go all in. On a Derrick Henry, or you go all in on even like a Saquon or a Josh Jacobs, for example. You have to be sure that the depth you have behind them is good, because again, if if you put all your eggs in that basket and you lose them for two months or you lose them for the season, you know that that could really impact how your offense works. Because the more Derrick Henry in the same backfield, I mean, it's something a lot of a lot of people want to see. I feel like, but if if Derrick Henry's not there and he's injured, then it doesn't really do much for you.
4: Kevin, I would rather go draft, keep my running back room non-expensive and then let me go get a T Higgins. Let me go get Evan. let me go spend my money there.
3: I I'm with you because you look at I can't remember how many years it goes back, but in terms of running backs on teams who have won the Super Bowl, I don't think one of them has had a salary over Four or five million dollars. I mean, Pacheco, the past two seasons, he was a seventh round pick. I mean, his salary was like, you know, Ravens' best in...
4: running back was a freebie.
0: I'm out of East yeah. Carolina. Yeah.
3: And the, uh, the other guy was uh, Justice Hill, was a two year, six million dollar contract. So, depending on how much these guys want, I, I agree with you. I mean, I think to me, you can spend your money elsewhere here especially wide receiver, offensive line on the offensive side of the ball, and then depend, it's re-signing your own guys, too, like bringing back a Matty BK. You bring back a guy like a Jadavian Clowney or Kyle Van Noy. So they have a lot of work cut out for them in free agency. I think it's it's fun to envision a guy like Derrick Henry in the backfield with the Ravens, but I think if I'm talking about what I think is going to happen, I think they're going to save their money at running back because I feel like they're going to bring back one of J.K. or Gus roll with Justice Hill, and then draft the guy. And I think that's what they'll do there.
2: Kevin Allstriker, USA Today. What's happening on the Ravens' wires? The season is now over, and we're, what, literally a month from today to start a free agency.
3: Yeah, a bunch of free agency previews, some uh, guys who the Ravens could bring in from other teams. We'll look at other guys as well who the Ravens could bring back from their own free agency pool. So even though we're, we're done with football games, a lot going on over there.
2: Kevin, appreciate the time as always. Enjoy the rest of your Turn It Up Tuesday. Thanks, Kevin. You guys, thanks so much. It's been 7, The fam will come back. Whip around. A lot going on. In the world of Sports. We'll talk about as much as we possibly can in our allotted time. And then we're going to break down the Orioles bullpen. We gave you our starting five projection for the rotation, led by Corbin Burns, followed by Kyle Bradish, Grayson Rodriguez, John Means, and then Dean Kramer. Duh. Not breaking anything new there. I guess that's what the projected rotation will be for a lot of people. But the bullpen could be interesting because the guys that didn't make the starting rotation, they're going to be Prominent in the bullpen, we believe.
4: Whip. Brought to you by Fox Hill Pizzeria and Crab Cakes, the best crab cakes in Harford County. 5 five seven, the fan.
2: Hey, eighty one hundred five seven, the fan. It's the Whip Around here on this Turn It Up Tuesday. Bob Haiti, Vito Sorato, Nolan McGraw. Last night, in the NBA, ton of action. You know, they took a back seat to the Super Bowl on Sunday, but they were on the hardwood in a big, big way. And last night, hey, I'll give the Wiz some credit. They hung with Dallas, but, you know, they kind of wound up doing Wizards things in the fourth quarter.
4: Now Bali's up on Luka. Luka on the drive, going to shoot a little fadeaway. It's on the money! Revenge Luka. Oh, he's just so comfortable.
2: The Valley Sports on the call. Luka Doncic, 26-11-15. That, ladies and gentlemen, it's a triple-double. As uh, Dallas actually trailing in the second half, beat the Wizards. 112-104 Washington now nine and forty-four on the year. They will go to New Orleans tomorrow. And then that's the last game before the All-Star break. Hmm. So the All-Star break is here, everybody. I mean the Super Bowl's done. Pitchers and catchers got the All-Star break. Hockeys was what, two weeks ago? Yeah. Man. The hell's going on around here. And I get in my car this morning and it's snowing. <laughs> Outside. Also in the NBA last night, Charlotte. 111-102 over Indiana. No Jalen Smith out with a sore back. Grant Williams, 21 for the Hornets. Kind of a stunner there. It was Chicago, 136-126 over Atlanta. Bruno Fernando, 4.7 boards for the Hawks. Bulls had four players with 20 points or more, led by DeMar DeRozan, who had 29. Spurs, 122-99 over Toronto. Emmanuel Quickly, 7 3 and 3, 2 for 12 from the floor. Story of this night, though. Did you see this one, Nolan? Wembanyana. Wemby. The triple double. Put the block shots. 27 14, 10 blocks. He said, hey, you want some assists? Here's five.
4: First since
5: 2021. Yeah, first spur to do
2: it to David Robinson back in 1990. But they still stink. But he's lived up to the hype. And then some Houston 105-103 over the Knicks. A little drama there with the officiating. But, hey, it wouldn't be sports if it wasn't some dramatic officiating costing the game, perhaps. Cam Whitmore didn't play for Houston. He sprained his ankle over the uh, weekend. Baltimore kid Dylan Brooks. Uh, public enemy number one in LeBron James's book. He had 23 for the Rockets there. What else we got going on here? We got New Orleans, 96-87 over Memphis. Santi Aldama from the uh, Loyola Greyhounds. He had six points, four boards, and five assists there in college hoops last night. Top 25. Texas Tech blows out Kansas, 79 to 50. They've lost, what, four in a row on the road? Kansas, three to unranked teams. Bill Self got thrown out for the first time. He
4: said, my team's tired. Wah!
2: Yeah. Yeah, talk to Kevin Willard. I don't want to hear no whining about how tired his stupid team is. Get out of here. He got tossed. Duke beat Wake in a more competitive game than the final score would indicate, 77-69. Locally, Towson, 80-55 over the always dangerous Elon College. Maryland tomorrow back on the hardwood, taking on Iowa at the Xfinity Center, 8-30 tip. Maryland 13-11 on the year. They did win in Iowa City a couple of weeks back. Iowa 6-7 as we sit here on February the 13th. Maryland 12th in the Big Ten. We need them what ninth, eighth or ninth? Yes, it ain't gonna happen. Then again, it's all kind of like I was. Maryland beats them; they're six and eight terms of six and eight. But we'll see how it goes. Caps tonight; they're hosting Colorado. Seven o'clock faceoff. Capitals right now on the outside, looking into the playoffs. Yeah, and they got uh,
4: playing one of the best teams in the league tonight. You know, with McKinnon and McCarr. So a tough one tonight. And Ovi Ovi's hot. Five straight games he's got a goal. So. He's got more jump in his step, Bob.
2: And they've lost all of those except for one. Yes.
4: <laughs> it's Vinnie and Haney,
2: 1057 fan. It is the whip around here on this Turn It Up Tuesday. How about a little Olympic fun on this date? In 1976, Innsbruck, Austria. Dorothy Hamill won the freestyle, which means she won the gold medal.
4: I think I probably watched that.
2: Uh, ABC. I ABC. Yep. She had the, the little haircut thingy there. Dorothy Hamill, if you remember everybody, actually lived in Baltimore for a while. I think she moved out to Colorado, but that was 48 years. Oh, oh wow. 1980, Winter Olympics opened in Lake Placid. Mm-hmm. And over the next couple of weeks, we got some very historic things happening. U.S. hockey team Eric Hayden for instance, yep. come to mind. Maryland basketball history, 1980. Cole Fieldhouse, 8th ranked Maryland. Beat East Carolina, 85-72. Ernie Graham, 21. Buck Williams, 15 points, 16 boards. Dutch Morley to Matha. Career high, 16 points in the win there. 1984. Cole Fieldhouse, Maryland, 61-59 over Dayton. Ben Coleman, five-footer at the buzzer off a of Jeff Atkins miss as the Terps get the win as they started to percolate on their way to the ACC tournament championship. Ben Coleman, 26. Len Bias had 15 Sadly, both no longer with us. 1986 down at Raleigh, the old uh, Reynolds Coliseum. Maryland upset 17th-ranked NC State, 67-66. Len Bias scored Maryland six of their last seven points. 21 on the night. Keith Gatlin had 12. 1999, Cole Philhouse, 7th-ranked Maryland. Blows out 12th-ranked North Carolina, 81-64. Terps force uh, 25 turnovers. Stevie Franchise 22, Laurent Profit 15, Terrence Morris 14 and 9. That was one of the most athletic teams in Maryland history. They were flying over the rim for dunks and dunks and dunks and lost. We'll get into that, but they swept Carolina that year until the ACC tournament. Hey, how about 2022? Two years ago today, Super Bowl 56 at SoFi Stadium. It was the Rams 23-20 over the Bengals. Cooper Cup, Yeah. most valuable player. Rams are three and a half point favorites in this one. National Anthem, Mickey Guyton. Doesn't ring a bell Don't to me. Don't remember. Halftime, Dr. Dre, Snoop Dogg, Eminem. I remember that one. MJ Blige, Mary J. Blige, Kendrick Lamar. 50 Cent. Anderson Pack. Big old festive halftime. Remember that one, Nolan?
5: Uh, Yeah, it was only two years ago. So, yeah. (laughs) Yeah. You sure about that? Three years ago? (laughs) Two years ago? I don't know. NBC, on the call, Al
2: Michaels, Chris Collinsworth, 112.3 million people. Watch that game as the Rams win the Super Bowl and the Bengals fall short for the third time in the big game. It's Vinny at 80, of the 57 When we come back, well, the Orioles fell short in the playoffs last year, getting swept by Texas, the eventual World Series champions. We're going to break down the bullpen. We gave you the five-man rotation. We're going to pick the bullpen coming out of Sarasota. This is all subject to change because players get hurt, and you have to rely on your farm system to make some things happen. Who are the eight relief pitchers we're going to go with? Stay tuned for that funhouse trip nolan mcgraw and then coming up news from the next time we're going to hear more from eric da and we're also going to look at you know some teams in the afc north pittsburgh made some roster decisions yesterday we've been talking about t higgins here possibly being a great fit for the ravens but also talking about the browns remember the browns hey they made the playoffs this year and they get the sean watson back is that a good or bad thing
1: taking sports to a whole new level. 105.7 The Fan.
5: Uh, What he did last year was was absolutely spectacular. and Something no one's ever done before. So to come in and and fill those shoes and keep this team on a good roll, I fully expect to do that. That's what I've been
1: doing my whole career.
2: Craig Kimbrell, who the Orioles signed at the winter meetings a few months ago, coming in. And the daunting task is replacing Felix Batista, who was the top reliever in Major League Baseball. He was an all-star along with Near Cano. But remember, that late August night, pumped in that fastball at 101, saw the immediate discomfort And then his season came to an end, which led to Tommy John's surgery, which means his 2024 season is not going to be part of Baltimore's reality or his 33 saves last year. Buck 48, earn run average, uh, whip under one. The strikeout to walk ratio was incredible, and strikeout to innings pitch ratio was off the charts. Craig Kimball comes in, however, with a proven track record of success and had a good year. For the Phillies last year. Playoffs, not so much. It's Vinny and Haiti, 105.7. The Fed just tuning into the program. Turn it up Tuesday. Bob Haiti, Vinny Serrato, Nolan McGraw. We gave you, Nolan and myself, as we're part of the Baltimore Baseball Tonight crew, the starting five rotation-wise. Corbett Burns, Kyle Bradish, Grayson Rodriguez, John Means, and Dean Kramer, which is subject to change, obviously. But we'll start with Nolan. The fact that Craig Kimbrell comes in, who's had monster seasons during his career. His real like super strength was probably pushing ten years ago, but he's not a stiff by any stretch of the imagination. But to, to expect him to duplicate Felix Batista is probably not a reality, but you don't I don't see it falling off the cliff level bad.
5: You know yeah, what I mean? well, nobody's going to replace Bautista. There's nobody that has that physical presence, first and foremost, the skill set when you talk about his uh, velocity there. Uh, but Kimbrel, look, he was an all-star last year. He's 35. He's been around the block, knows what it takes to pitch in the AL East. Years ago with Boston having a lot of success there. I'm not concerned about him, but something does tell me that he won't be the Close the set-in-stone closer from game one to 162. There may be a point where there's a shift and somebody kind of takes the reins there.
2: If he duplicates what he did for the Phillies, would that be acceptable enough for you? 23 saves, five blown
5: saves. I would say yes. Finding a good, reliable closer is not as easy as people think it is in Major League Baseball. Bautista, again, he was one of the best. So you're not going to just turn around and find the second best guy in Major League Baseball to replace him. Uh, you're going to have to have some sort of drop-off, but that is not a steep drop-off by any means. And bottom line is he's
2: going to be the closer coming out of Sarasota. And hope, who knows? Maybe hopefully we'll be that guy throughout the course of six months into October. Yannir Cano was huge last year for the Orioles, especially in the first half, made the all-star team where he was throwing wiffle balls up there. I mean, that ball was – he – you weren't putting a bat on the ball, but there was a lot of contact against Cano in the second half of the season. Duplicating
5: what he did in twenty three might be unrealistic as well. I would think. I would say so, and you know what? I wouldn't be surprised to see him have a a, a route this season similar to a guy we might talk about here in a second, CNL Perez. Remember how dominant he was two years ago? Mm-hmm. Early on last year was a struggle for Perez and. People were wondering, well, hey, he doesn't have any options left. How long can you keep giving this guy a chance? By the second half of the season, he was picking up some slack there down the stretch when Bautista went out. He blossomed at the end of last year. So Cano, he could struggle early on, but I think the Orioles pitching staff, their pitching coaches, their development over the past couple of years has proven that They can figure out a way to get guys back on track.
2: Yeah, barring injury, we'll get into the eight. Kimbrel, Cano, Perez, Irvin, Wells. The return of Dylan Tate, because Wells and Irvin, we don't think are going to make the rotation, but they'll be assets throughout the course of the year. Uh, Dylan Tate's going to be huge for them. 2022, prominent part of the bullpen. Missed all of last season. Tried to come back on a couple of occasions. Just couldn't get it done. But he said, did all the caravan, met with the media down in Florida stuff. Said he's 100% ready to roll. Remember, this guy was the fifth pick, fourth pick in the draft, I think it was. A few years back, got him in the Zach Britton trade from the Yankees. Throws mid-90s, uh, pushing 100 I think this is a guy we talked about it yesterday with Jason Jacob Calvin Meyer. I think if you get what he had in 22, you've uh, you've strengthened yourself at the back end of the bullpen maybe uh Nolan in high leverage situations.
5: No I doubt, kind of like a John Means thing last year where he comes in mid-season and the Orioles didn't make a splash trade, but the return of John Means kind of served that role. Well, Dylan Tate, yeah, he's already been here, but after not having him for a full season, it's almost like a free agent signing to your to your bullpen, almost like uh, adding Kimbrel as well. So maybe a little slow play out him out the gate, spring training, we'll see how much of a workload he gets. But I think trading DL Hall alone, to me, again, just personal speculation here, signifies that they are are fully all in on Dylan Tate being ready to go.
2: So we look at Coulomb, we had a monster of the year for the Orioles, Webb who they got from the Angels, pitched really well early then at his problems. He did beat them in arbitration, though, which means you would expect he'll make the the team. So you got Kimbrel, Cano, Perez, Irvin, Coulomb, Webb, Tate, Wells, are uh, we forgetting anybody? You got the Baumans and the Aikens and the Zimmermans, et cetera, that could be part of it. There's going to be a young arm, as usual. Elias brought in a bunch of free agent types who could be added to the equation. Yeah. I mean, the Perez, Cano, Coulomb. Web types. That guy we're not even talking about, I'm assuming, right
5: now. Sure. Yeah, I actually – I didn't have Webb. I, honestly, to be honest, I forgot about him. I had Bauman as right. part of my uh, out of uh, Out
2: of options.
5: Mm-hmm. So there will be a decision that has to be made there. And to be honest, Webb maybe left a bad taste in everyone's mouth, his performance there in the postseason. But to be fair – not a lot of great yeah. pitching performances for the whole team yeah, well, in the exactly postseason. Exactly,
2: the 71 Orioles in the playoffs against the Rangers. So that's what we're going with. If you want to join the fun, you can at 410-583-1057. We'll come back, take a trip through the house. Nolan McGraw, news to the Nas coming up top of the hour. Buy or sell. Let's count that Turn It Up Tuesday money. Also, Ben Nicholson-Smith. I remember the last time we spoke with him. He was kind of bent out of shape because the Orioles were kind of running away with the uh, American League East and the Blue Jays are a little bit scuffling at the time, but I'm guessing he's had a whole offseason to regroup. We talked with Bob Nightingale again a couple weeks back. Is the window closing for the Blue Jays? All the talent, big payroll. We'll talk to Ben about that at 12.
4: One day trade. <laughs> Three cents a, a share. That's $3. You cheap. And one place scratch-offs. When we go to gamble, we go to lose. If they still work here, you can bet they're in... So, Vinny and Hattie on 105.7 The Fan.
2: News from the nest coming up. Top of the hour, We're going to hear more from Eric DeCosta. Got buy or sell? Let's count some cake. Hopefully, turn it up Tuesday. Talking about the Blue Jays prospects, pitchers and catchers reporting this week with Ben Nicholson Smith from Sportsnet. Then we'll get to these. Uh, Ravens free agent priorities here. They have a ton, 22 of them, but there's only so many money, uh, so much money in the till. Who can you afford to pay? Who do you want back? Who's coming back on a team-friendly deal, as they say? Howard Balls, our longtime NFL writer, he's going to have some NFL lunch with us at 1 o'clock. Look back at the season that was. And then Rich Dubroff joins us at 1.30 from BaltimoreBaseball.com Talk about the start of spring training throughout the major leagues. Nolan, what's going on there, dude? I'm kind of liking this uh this 13-man rotation or pitching staff that we got put together here. Yeah, we didn't go back
5: name. and look at last year, but I got to hear some names that you're you're not going to hear again either cuz they've already left or clearly no room at the end, but opening day roster last year, some of the bullpen names, Brian Baker, was still a prominent part of the picture. He's he, still in the picture somewhere. I mean, he's on the team, but really fizzled out, fell out of favor last year after some rough performances. did he give up the
2: grand slam in the playoffs, too, if I'm not mistaken? Was that him?
5: Yeah. So we go back to the, okay. the point nobody pitched well, well there. You, you hold a grudge, don't you? Uh, uh, Logan <laughs> Gillespie, he's not in the organization no. anymore. Austin Both is elsewhere. Uh, Keegan Aiken, again, probably outside looking in. So... Yeah, overall, though, when you look at last year compared to this year on paper, it feels like night and day to me.
2: And insert young pitcher here who we're not even talking about right now. But we got plenty of time to project the Orioles' opening day roster March 28th against the Los Angeles Angels. Minus Shohei Atani, who apparently said free trade for the Dodgers, hitting like 500-foot home runs. He just isn't pitching this year, but he's very much bringing that loud bat to the L.A. lineup. Got news from the Nats, as we said. Nolan, going to go to that funhouse real quick.
1: Quick Draws, Funhouse. The,
4: draw, the, the draw. rudeness tuneless text reader. Who's the fastest gun alive? This side of the Chesapeake.
1: I like that quick
4: draw. 105.7 The Fan.
5: Talking about potential changes to the Super Bowl, at least from a scheduling standpoint earlier in the show, what might increase viewership even more. Texter here says, my suggestion, 3 p.m. Eastern time, start noon Pacific. I think that would increase viewing numbers, get working people on an earlier bedtime schedule.
4: Yeah, the only thing, uh, I I would like it for being on the East Coast, but I mean, the Super Bowl is in Vegas. They're going to kick it off at noon. I don't. Uh, yeah. right. I don't see that happening. Any yeah. earlier than one feels, yeah, wrong. Yeah, no. I mean, all that benefits is the East Coast. Period. Right. Well, East Coast bias. That's how it goes.
5: That's all we care about. Uh, this texter here, Mike in Abingdon, says uh, looking at Kansas City, Vinny. You mentioned the fact that only have two key free agents. They're only going to get better. Uh, not a lot of roster turnover. Also. Texter here mentions going to be getting all of their coaches back. How come nobody's pillaging their staff
4: uh, to fill out their own coaching roster? Well, the problem is is just because you can't talk to their assistant coaches until now because they just finished. They're all you know, so that's what makes it difficult. That was like the year we wanted to interview Spagnola for the head coaching. We had to wait till the Super Bowl was over before you could even talk to him face to face. And people don't want to do that. They get imp- older, rich billionaires, they get impatient.
5: It is interesting, though. What, just a couple years ago, the Eagles made the Super Bowl mm-hmm. and they got completely cleaned out, both coordinators and everything. Some years, maybe it was because of how many openings there were this year that it was such a frenzy compared to years past, but, you know.
4: Well, when you look at it, Spagnola is probably, what, 60 something? Andy's 65. Spagnola. His try at a head coach was awful, you know. And I, I knew Spags was going to be in trouble because when we interviewed Spagnola, all he wanted to do was bring his friends. All he want, and I said that you can't do that, and he did it in St. Louis. And what what did he last? Two or three years, maybe.
5: How about one more here? This is from Chris says, Bob, I like what you're thinking there with the starting five. Personally, I think Wells can be the eighth inning high leverage setup guy also waiting in the wings with closer experience if something were to happen to Kimbrell.
2: Yeah, and it's unfortunate for him because this guy was a borderline all-star in the first half mm. as a starter for the Orioles. So he'll have a role, a prominent one at that. But he did look kind of closer-ish, didn't he, Nolan? Down the stretch, pitching, in high leverage situations for the Orioles. It's Vinny and Haiti, 105.7 so The Fed. We'll talk more about that with Rich Dubrov coming up at 1.30. But news from the nest is coming up next here on The Fed.